Now, this is part two of a two-parter. And uh, whatever I said at the end of part one, uh, at which point in time I was splitting a single episode into two parts, applies here at the start of part two. And I got a text from my goddaughter. Yeah, often, I often start off with texts from my goddaughter or to my goddaughter as well because she often just throws me something interesting and she just threw me something interesting just now. She said, um, yeah, something along the lines of what the hell is all this Black Friday business, you know? I've never heard of it. Yeah. Don't even know what she's talking about. You know, I thought she was talking, yeah, I know now. Um, but I thought she was talking about bushfires, you know, because we, now we had a Black Saturday, but I'm almost certain, you know, as I searched my memory, that we had a Black Friday too, and I, I think that was 1939, it was very famous, Gary Dempsey, I think, might have been involved in that one, uh, you know, Footscray footballer, uh, oh, hang on, no, <laughs> that might have been the 1970s, he's not that old, uh, yeah. I see everything through the lens of football. Um, you know, I've, uh, some people see everything through the lens of a pub. You know, like, you know, how do you get to, you know, how do you get to Ballarat? Well, first, you drive up to the Royal Hotel, have a beer, and uh, and then you head off to, you know, uh, Gisborne, stop at the Vic, have a beer, uh, and then realise you've gone the wrong way. <laughs> And then cross country, <laughs> and you know, and and you pick you pick your way from pub to pub, all the way to Ballarat, and that's how you get to Ballarat. Um, so, uh, hope you enjoyed those directions. You know, why do you need Google Maps when you've got me? Now, um, I tend to, when I'm looking for examples, think of football and cricket, uh, and it's the same sort of thinking. Um, that was all by way of um, having just mentioned Gary Dempsey. How about that? Um, but yes, my goddaughter mentioned Black Friday. And apparently it's a... Here's the magic word of the 21st century. A thing. <laughs> what isn't? <laughs> I don't know why people say things are a thing. Yeah, It's very hard for a thing not to be a thing. <laughs> ah, you just got to get used to it. In the modern age, you know. You are a thing, Charlie. Yeah. I've got a problem with that. <laughs> uh, I might get onto social media and say, I am not a thing. <laughs> I am a human being. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. You're a thing. Yeah. Um, racism is a thing. Feminism is a thing. And yeah, no, I always think everything's a thing. Um, because I'm in a physics class. And uh, we just use logic. Um, I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying. Um, but, uh, okay, so anyway, apparently Black Friday is a thing, suddenly, in Australia. Never heard of it. And I still haven't heard of it. Well, except for just now. And my goddaughter said, have you seen around all the shops? Well, I said, no, I don't shop. I really don't, you know. Um, when, uh, 
when a, a, my wife's birthday is coming up, or Mother's Day, or um, or uh, anniversary, um, I grab my daughter, Scarlett, and um, press three hundred dollars into her hand, and we pop off to Airport West, shopping town, and. Um, I jump on the laptop and do some work while she goes and does the present buying. Now, I don't look around. I don't know that it's Black Friday. Um, it's really, well, yeah. So, but apparently Black Friday is an American thing. Now, we're only just getting used to uh, the other thing, which, we, which you know, we never really had. Um, that's um, 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 Scary Day. You know, what's a scary day? Oh, um, Halloween. Just getting used to Halloween, and now Black Friday is starting to become a thing. Uh, uh, well, maybe that that phrase, uh, a thing, might have some validity, because um, when I was young, Black Friday wasn't a thing in my life. Um, but we tended to use different grammar. You say, ah, oh, we just didn't do Black Friday when I was young. Uh, but now, um, they switch it from a verb to a noun. I think a noun has more punch, you know, for social media purposes. So, you know, whereas in the past you might have said, might have said, ah, uh, you know, um, Australians don't, we've never sort of done Halloween or, uh, this new Black Friday thing. Oh, there's the word thing. Um, but in a different context. So we've never really done Halloween or Black Friday. Yeah, it's kind of a verb. Um, it's a bit soft, a bit weak, you know. But these days on social media, you have to be punchy, you know. You've got to have impact, you know. You can't speak waffle waffle like I do on these podcasts. You've got to actually, uh, each one of these podcasts I've done, I'm up to about ep- episode maybe 105 or 6. Um, if I were to um, publish these podcasts in the world of social media, I would have to distill distill each one of these hour-long episodes into a meme of no more than 10 words with a cute photo or a cute picture, you know. Um, so, uh, so this episode is going to be on force diagrams in physics, you know. Um, so, you know, rather than all this chat that I'm doing, you know, and the chat I'm about to do about force diagrams and what the hell they are, um, I, um, I would create a meme of maybe Isaac Newton sitting under a tree, you know, and, uh, an apple falling on his head, you know, you'd have to do that, but you have to make it a very simple diagram, you can everyone's got a short little attention span, you know, as Paul Simon once said, uh, and, um, then the apple would uh, be bonking on his head and um, you'd have a little speaking bubble, a talk bubble, coming out of uh, Isaac Newton's um, mouth and it would say WTF, L-M-A-F-O, you know, one of those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, so, um, and you would um, delete this podcast. Great, you know. 
and replace it with that meme. Oh yeah, great, you know, now and then you just go flick, <laughs> and then move on to the next thing. Short little attention span. You know, that's the way it's done. Um, but, you know, we used to take our time back in the old days. And boy, do I take my time still. No, because I'm just driving around. Beautiful day, by the way. In Essendon, I uh, just came from the city. Uh, dropped my wife off. Uh, they just had a class action. They, they just won a class action. Queensland floods, something like that, and um, they were all watching it by video link, you know, and uh, it seems like um, the judgment came down the right way, and uh, 1.6 billion dollars, I think, so that'll, you know, that'll make the office happy, um, that'll, that'll get the boss shouting a couple of beers, <laughs> uh, right, now, um, so, uh, we used to take our time, but now, it's got to be really short, punchy. So we don't use verbs. We don't say um, we don't say something like um, yeah. Oh, we've never really done Halloween. You know, we've never really done uh, Black Friday, except when there's a bushfire. You know, you don't say that. You get onto social media and you say Black Friday is not a thing. You know, that's what you say. Yeah, you notice all the Black Friday advertisements that are apparently around all the shops, and my goddaughter was complaining about that. Uh, yeah, she, 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 she kind of resists the Americanization of Australia, you know, and I do too. Yeah. Uh, that's why uh, I don't speak rap, and that's that. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, she's complaining about that, and um, you know, look, in essence, what she's saying, but she speaks like me, she speaks a lot. But if she, if, if she and I were on social media and I liked the idea of taking on yet another Americanism, um, she might say, Black Friday is not a thing. And then have a photo of um, whatever a Black Friday image looks like and put a red cross through it, you know. And then I would, I would get in the comments section because I remember the comments section in social media. You can comment against a mum. You can actually, what happens is people, it's called posting, mum. <laughs> mum is resisting the internet. Yeah, my mother, she's fantastic. Um, she said to me a while ago, I'm not going to get on the, the internet. Um, uh, I, I, uh, if the internet comes to me one day and knocks on my door and introduces itself politely, I might speak to it. But I'm not actually going to go looking for, you know, I'm not going to go trying to make friends with it. It can come to me. That's what my mother said. And uh, she's got no, you know, she doesn't get into the internet. Um, and uh, and I, I can see, look, she, I can see where she's coming from. Uh, she's, she's amazing, my mum. She really is, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I keep off the internet myself a fair bit. It's overrated. I thought it was going to be good. Look, it is good in a lot of ways. I like it. I like using it as a resource to look up stuff. And I actually even like Wikipedia. My kids aren't allowed to use Wikipedia uh, at school because um, because you can't trust who has written the articles, you see. Uh, but I don't bother about that because I know how to read um, stuff that is unattributed, unattributed with a critical eye. You, you know, I know how to I know how to read stuff untrustingly. And if you can do that, Wikipedia is fine. Yeah. Um, who cares if um, if uh, you don't know who wrote it? In the very language and the way it's expressed, 
um, uh, that's you know that lends validity to a Wikipedia page if it's well written um, it um, it's it's got credibility you know that's in the grammar you know you can write I, I, like for example there was one um, I, I read one on um, the liberal arts and as I was reading it I was thinking this is good you know I don't care who wrote it I can tell it's good you know I don't trust anything, so I'm not going to be a sucker for whatever they're trying to tell me. But, you know, many things, depending on the grammar, are self-evidently true. You know? um, just in the grammar, you know. Um, I won't go on about that. I did that many, many episodes ago. Anyway, so Black Friday. Um, so if we're on social media, my uh, goddaughter, you know, she might say, Black Friday is not a thing. You know, all nouns, 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 you know. Uh, and I, I might say... It is a thing. I just went past the shop and there it was. And then she would say, it shouldn't be. Um, and I'd say, it should be. You know, we could have an argument, you know. Um, that's the way it's done on social media. Anyway, so Black Friday. So apparently it's a thing. Um, now I've got to really carefully think what the hell I was talking about. Uh, and even starting to talk about all this. Um... And I can't. I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, yes, I do. Um, so, um, and apparently it's a, you know, Thanksgiving slash, you know, USA Thanksgiving slash Independence Day slash, you know, all that stuff. Something to do with the Thanksgiving. Um, and, um, and... Yeah, I think correctly, my goddaughter wants to resist all that stuff. Well, you know, what's that got to do with us? And then I, I just couldn't resist, and I said, we, and I started off a little thread, as it's called. Uh, yeah, mum, you can have threads too. Oh, forget it, she says. <laughs> um, and I look, mum, uh, one day the internet will walk up to your door, you know, some android or something, you know, with artificial intelligence and knock on your door and say, would you like a cup of tea? Uh, that will happen, Mum. The internet will come to you. And uh, when that happens, oh, look, you know what? My mum loves a cup of tea, so I think she'll invite the guy in. Yeah. Come in. So, what's your name? <laughs> My name is uh, Robert. <laughs> come in, Robert. <laughs> so, what do you think of... Um, yeah? Indigenous Australia, because my mum's right into Indigenous Australia. I do not care. Uh, I've been programmed by white men. Uh, oh, right. Um, and mum will say, right. Uh, where, where are your buttons where I can reprogram you? <laughs> uh, now, um, so Black Friday, uh, and uh, and I couldn't resist, and I, and uh, because you know, nearly everything is an invitation for a dialectic, you know, between my goddaughter and I. And uh, and I said, well, you know, Independence Day caused Australia Day, you know. Um, part four, part four Independence Day, no Australia Day. Uh, and we chatted about that for a while. Well, I did mainly on this occasion. She knows all that stuff anyway. She absolutely knows all that stuff. But, you know, I, I kind of like chatting about stuff just to, even stuff I already know, um, or I think I know, uh, because, you know, that way when you um, turned up to a dinner party, you've chatted about it, 
chatted about it a lot, whatever that thing is, and, uh, and you can be immediately boring at a dinner party in the same way that you can be at a podcast, you know? So nobody can clear a room faster than I can you know, when the party starts. You know, nephews and nieces uh, actually going through the windows, saloon style in the, in the old west. Okay, um, made of toffee they are, those windows. Anyway, so um, I said, well, you know, but for Independence Day, no Australia Day, you know, because uh, it, well, I chatted about that in an, old, an episode ages ago, um, and I think it's true. I think we'd be French. I, I think um, the indigenous people would be putting up with the French, uh, but for Independence Day in America, uh, here in Australia, and it wouldn't even be called Australia. You know, it'd be called it'd be called L'Australie, <laughs> L'Australie. You know, something like that. You know. um, so um, now, uh, so Independence Day, yes. Yeah, you know, we because we were the British. You know, and you know, I am British. Yeah, by extraction. You know, even though I'm mostly Irish, apparently. You know, had a brother and a sister both going to a DNA test and. Shock horror, mostly Irish. You know, I thought I was about half half, half Irish, half English. The DNA at least reckons, you know, via all their little DNA modeling. You know, maybe we'll get into that in physics. No, we won't because DNA is not to do with physics, you know, unless you go right down into the actual molecules and atoms. Um, but you know, just DNA and life, you know, organisms and the way we, you know, genetics and all that. No. Nothing to do with physics. Keep it away. We don't want to talk about that. That's in biology class. You know, physics is not to do with biology. We actually, uh, look, biology exists in the real world, so you almost might think it belongs in a physics classroom. But, you know, and I, I, I never consciously sort of thought of this myself, but um, uh, biology, we, we actually split the physical world into three subjects and we try not to mix them up. So when you're in a physics classroom, you should have no interest in chem interest in chemistry and no interest in biology. You know, look, you can have a casual interest in it, but you don't pollute a physics classroom with um, talk of chemistry and uh, talk of biology. You know, life. You know, the way you know, life has nothing to do with physics, you know, um, biology, and all that sort of stuff. We just keep that in the that's in the biology. There's a good reason for splitting all that up, and I chatted about that another day so yeah I look a long time as I started these physics uh, podcasts I said at one stage now physics physics just the word physics sounds like physical so it must be everything to do with the physical world but then you know upon reflection and upon correction yeah um I uh I am a rapper um I uh I uh, you know the light bulb went off oh hang on no 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 in the physical world we split it into three Biology, chemistry, and physics. Okay, the physical world. Now, there's a whole other world of imagination and all that sort of stuff. But we don't even touch that. You know, we can't actually. You know, but just don't touch that. <laughs> That's in a different classroom. Um, so just the physical world: biology, physics, and chemistry. And uh, this podcast is on physics. Now, um, so we were talking about. Uh, and this is a, an, an example of that stream of consciousness game I was playing in some previous episodes where I just say whatever comes to my head 
Um, with my car idling outside my house on this occasion, just came back from uh, the city. Um, three hours sleep last night. I, I worked until four o'clock last night because I had to have something ready for the morning. Um, I thought it was going to be an all-nighter, but I managed to sort of finish it off as I thought. Um, 4 a.m. and uh, you know, and tap, tap, tabity tap, you know, on the on the laptop, you know, and um, testing, testing, testing. Oh, software is so hard to test sometimes, and um, in a live environment, uh, and I've got sort of too many admin rights, you know, for the software that I'm using, and I, I actually don't even have. I'm working for a box. I, I actually don't have. You know, I should have set it up so that I had a. a um, a separate login that's not me, you know, because I find it hard in the middle of the night to be not me. And um, the software all worked beautifully for me, and I went, oh, God, send off an email at 4 a.m. because I'm that petty. I wanted them to know I was working in the middle of the night. Um, uh, don't change people like that. And uh, and I finally got there. I went, oh, brilliant. The software's working, and I put the BBC on and sort of put my head down on the pillow and... And then about 30 seconds later, the alarm went off. Oh, God. Uh, but then what you do when you're a sporty monk, you know, is I actually told myself, nope, you're fresh. Yeah, I actually do that, you know. Rather than go, oh, I can't get up, you know, like a big sook. You know, a lot of people are sook, you know. Um, my son was actually trying to sleep in yesterday. And I actually did the old boarding school trick. Sent a photo to my wife. I, got, I said, Scarlett, bring your phone in. <laughs> All fake names, and um, and I got behind his bed, and uh, yeah, this is what they used to do in in boarding school. When I was in boarding school, if you didn't get up when the bell went, um, uh, actually the bell didn't go to get us up. You know, the bro brother used to come in and um, wakey wakey, and so you know he had a little saying. They were the bad old days, and um, and you lift the bed, and bang, your son hits the floor. little bit tougher um, and, and then you know he meanders across to the bathroom well when I was young I had to go across a quadrangle in the middle of winter and it was freezing and in the nude you know we we actually exaggerate as we go along and I had to um, go all the way to the change rooms and have my shower and I froze all the way but did I feel it no and that's you know and that's why that's how when I wake up in the morning and I've only had three hours sleep I can, uh, and I am tired, you know, and I sort of think, actually, no, make yourself not tired, Charlie, which I can do. I get fresh, you know, and you blink a few times, you go, and you just tell yourself you're not tired. You get up and, you know what, you're not. It's amazing. It's amazing. The power of the mind, you know, has nothing to do with physics. Okay. Um, it's bio that's not even biology, is it? It might be, you know, but um, we don't get into that in physics. So, uh, I was talking about Independence Day, and I was saying, well, you know, and we've talked about this before, my goddaughter and I, so we're both right across it. Um, and, um, well, England, we, you know, Britain, was, was sending all its, um, was sending all the con its convicts, well, <laughs> as many as it could, across to, um, across to uh, the American colonies as they were known then. It wasn't the USA. It was, there's nothing united about the states in America back then. 
Um, they were separate little countries. Um, yeah, I think Virginia was a very powerful country, sort of thing, you know, colony. Um, and, uh, and, you know, there was a real resistance against, but I'm not big on American history. A lot of people are, Americans especially. But, you know, um, well, I, I, I think I have heard that Virginia, for example, would have liked to have just been a country. You know, why would you want to get into a union with all these other colonies or states or whatever you want to call them you know, when you're making all the money out of tobacco and convicts and all that sort of stuff? Now, I think um, England was sending a lot of convicts across there uh, mainly to work, you know, indentured labour essentially. You know, I, I don't know how long it was. Maybe they got, you know, work for six years and then you become a freed man, you know. Whereas if you um, were, in, uh, so that's a convict, um, you know, it's a bit of a deal. Um, indentured labor you know and um and but if you were uh, an african slave um yeah transported across there you know uh but the deal was different you know you're owned in a very in a more slavey way you're owned by the owner of the tobacco plantation or whatever um so convicts were a sort of different sort of class um to uh, African slaves, um, slaves are owned, you know, so you're not going to become a freed man if you're a slave, unless something like a civil war happens or something, you know. Anyway, and uh, and you know what, the civil war wasn't down, wasn't down to, you know, um, suddenly the northern sort of areas of America, you know, which was by then sort of the United States, the semi-United States of America, you know, suddenly becoming enlightened and suddenly caring about Africans. No, you know, the Industrial Revolution had hit up there and the economy didn't depend on them so much. And, um, you know, and that combined with a real push, a real push from England and Europe, you know, that was enlightened about, you know, rights of man and all that sort of stuff, you know, an idea of anti-slavery really was emanating out of Europe, you know. Um, and then the African sort of slaves themselves picked up on that. I think I think that whole idea of abolishing slavery, you know, started with the introspection of Englishmen, among others, you know, um, and Europeans. I, I, I've never seen the English as being particularly enlightened. In, in a lot of ways, the continentals, the Europeans, were more enlightened, you know, and even the Scottish were more enlightened than the English, I, I tend to find. Um, but the English seemed to be really keen, Wilberforce and all that sort of stuff, and John Wesley, you know, on the abolishment of slavery as an idea. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people say, oh, who, you know, where did, the, where did the abolishment of slavery start? You know, someone will say Martin Luther King, you know. But people like African, you know, the African slaves in America kind of picked up on a, um, an, an idea imported from Europeans and English people and all that sort of stuff across into America you know I think that's fair to say you know, look you look it up yourself anti-slavery on Wikipedia I don't mind Wikipedia you've got to know how to read it you've got to know how not to trust it read it and don't trust it because it was probably written by Europeans and Englishmen that Wikipedia entry on anti-slavery you know it probably it probably says that Martin Luther King didn't even invent it you know, that's what that's what you're likely to read if you read about anti-slavery, it won't even mention um, the input of anyone with dark skin for the first couple of hundred years or even a thousand years of the anti-slavery movement, you know. They don't come into the picture until afterwards, you know, which is an atrocity, you know. Um, 
this is why you've got to be careful. Don't trust Wikipedia. It's a load of crap, that anti-slavery Wikipedia site. I read it once and I thought it was a load of crap. I thought it was great. I thought it was a load of crap. Now, um, so, uh, yeah, so Independence Day and, um, and so we were, you know, we, and I'll say we because I was British, even my Irish side was British, you know, because I just found out I was Irish, very disappointing, thought I was more English than that, but look, even though I was Irish, I was British Irish, you know, because Britain owned Ireland at the time, I was a British subject, well, my Irish ancestors were, and, um, and the Hazards, for example, you know, came from Dublin, they came from Dunleary, down south of Dublin, and, uh, but there's a lot of them all over Ireland, to be sure. I don't even speak like that, you know. Went back to Ireland. Went back to Ireland? I've never been to Ireland before. I don't know why we say words like that. Went back to Ireland once, you know. Never really went there. And you know what I do? I felt nothing. That's interesting, isn't it? Um, and, um, you know, I didn't have any spiritual, oh, you know. You know, my tears didn't, tears didn't roll down my face as I stepped foot in, you know, wherever, Tipperary. And, uh, Oh, my ancestors came from here, my tears dropped, and then clover, you know, and then four-leaf clovers grew um, in an instant from my tears, you know, as they landed on the emerald green dirt. <laughs> uh, no, um, I felt nothing. I, I said, nah, this is not my country. Australia's my country. You know, that's exactly what I thought. My brother said the same thing. I, well, actually, one thing that was funny, though, when we went to Ireland, I didn't kind of look like all of them. You know, I kind of look a bit more Anglo, I think. I think, you know. Um, but I looked around, and there's a lot of people that look like my brother. Yeah, he's got, he's got slightly more. He's got he's got the Conor McKenna. He's got the McKenna, you know, from Essendon. He's got that about him, my brother. He looks a bit like that. You know, he looks a bit Irish. But he said the same thing. I don't feel anything here. You know, this is a foreign land, you know. Um, so I think our souls are successfully... Uh, transplanted into Australia, we belong in Australia. You know, this is our land. You know, um, we belong here. You know, just like Indigenous people do. Um, I, and if we don't, I don't even. You know, like Indigenous people, uh, you don't belong on this land in Australia as much as I do. You know, so I think, well, hang on, we all live on Earth. You know, we all Earthlings. And um, so, if I don't belong anywhere else, and I only belong here, and I feel nothing anywhere else, do I get? to be a lesser earthling than you, indigenous person. Um, look, this is just a philosophical point. There are um, sort of higher layers of um, humanitarian levels where, you know, I've got um, privilege here, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So there are those layers. But down at a fundamental level, I belong to the dirt here in Australia as much as any indigenous person, I think you know, all things being equal, which they're not. But if they were, you know, philosophically I belong here as much as anywhere because I belong on Earth. And if you're a globalist and all that sort of stuff and think, you know, the whole planet is for everyone, no borders, everyone love each other, you have no right on a funda, funda, fundamental level um, to say that Indigenous people have more attachment to this land than I do because we all have attachment to the Earth and there are no borders. Is that true? Which way are you going, progressive? Which way are you going? You know, I won't call you a liberal <laughs> because um, I don't know what a liberal is. You know, if, if, if more of this American stuff comes across to Australia, liberals might start being lefties, you know. But here in Australia, we think the liberal way is a much more right-wing conservative way, you know. Liberalism, 
freedom through conservatism, you know, progress through conservatism. That's why Menzies called the Liberal Party, our conservative party, you know, our conservative sort of party, um, the Liberal Party, you know, because uh, um, greater progress may, may be possible through conservatism than by revolution. Well, it depends on the context, you know. The French Revolution probably did trigger uh, more liberal things happening. Yeah, but, you know, it actually sold a lot of people into slavery too, in a way. Um, yeah, a different form of slavery. You know, Marxist-type slavery? You know, Marx, he reckoned, you know, liberalism, I'm pretty sure, um, and I'm not talking liberalism in the... You know, see, this is the problem with America. American ideas like Black Friday and uh, Halloween and, look, that came from Ireland, I think, Halloween. doesn't matter. Um, wasn't part of our culture. I don't even belong in Ireland, so... You know, I don't care whether it went from Ireland across to um, America and then came here. All I know is it came from America. Um, and, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Marx, for example, liberal, um, he, he, I'm pretty sure he and a lot of, um, what do they call them, neo-Marxists, um, think that um, all that revolution stuff and liberalism and all that sort of stuff actually caused a new form of slavery. Um, you know, just read some socialist manifesto or communist manifesto or whatever, you probably find something out about that. Yeah, maybe I'm a slave. He reckons I'm a slave. I tell you what, I don't feel like one. Marx would say I'm a slave, you know, because I worked hard till 3 a.m. last night. Uh, 4 a.m. actually. Three hours sleep. And um, so he said, why did you do that? I said, well, I was very eager to get my software done on time, you know. Um, Marx would say that's because you're a slave and you don't know. And I said, well, if I don't know it, I don't care. You know, I'm actually really happy. It's a beautiful day. I woke up and I told myself I'm feeling fresh, even though I wasn't. And then suddenly I was. You know, am I a slave or have I got a lot of power here over my mind? And, you know, I'm a consultant, so I choose my bosses. Am I really a slave, Karl Marx? You know, that sort of thing. Liberalism. It's a big subject, you know. Um, and, uh, but we are talking about physics, and I will talk about force diagrams eventually. Um, but Black Friday and, uh, yeah, Independence Day, and we were sending our convicts across to, I think it was Maryland and Virginia mainly, and, um, and then suddenly American War of Independence, you know, or Revolutionary War, whichever way. There's another revolution, same time as that French Revolution I was just talking about. Um, and uh, actually... <laughs> I was thinking about the French Revolution when I was trying to think about all the forces in nature. Um, you know, um, because I, I often think of um, uh, the four. I, I thought, you know, I've been talking about force, like the force of gravity and the force of, you know, and um, and um, the force of me pushing a rock and all that sort of stuff, as if they're all the one thing, the same thing, you know, and. Um, when, and then sort of twigged with me in a previous episode or two, um, that, oh, hang on, there are different types of forces and they're actually sort of fundamentally different. And uh, that hadn't twigged to me for a long, long time, because a long time since I did school. And, uh, and uh, I, oh, yeah, there's four different types of forces, you know. There's gravity, which is one type of force, but there's another force, you know, called, um, called electromagnetic force, which has got nothing to do with gravity whatsoever. It's a completely different beast. You know, completely different. So when I say force, you know, you would be within your rights to say which one are you talking about? What sort of force? You know, 
And I said, oh, all right, yeah, good point. I haven't thought of that. And then there's two others. One's called a strong force, you know, which is basically the one we're really used to day to day. The force, you know, that um, strong forces, are the ones that happen between molecules and atoms, which allow you to turn a door handle on your door to get back in your house, which I'm supposed to be doing right now and get back to work. Uh, but I just dropped my wife off. She had a big wind. Did I talk about that? Yes, I did. And, um, well, her firm did. And, uh, and, um, Strong forces are just those ones we're really used to, you know, when electricity is not involved. Um, for example, if I were to hop out of my car now and, you know, get hit by another car, you know, there's lots of collisions between atoms and molecules and all that sort of stuff. You know, they're strong forces that we're used to day to day, you know, physical strong forces. And, and then there's this other one, electromagnetic forces. Now, I actually do have um, electricity wires going over the top of my car here, uh, causing cancer in my brain, right? And they've got electricity going through them, you know. They've got electrons flowing, you know. Let's say they're flowing, you know, in a um, easterly direction, you know, because the power lines above me are in an east-west direction. And um, the electrons, let's say, let's say on some of these wires, I'm sure the electrons are going one way and then sometimes going the other way. Actually, I think they're switch, 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 you know, because that's an alternating current, isn't it? Um, frick, 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 switch, switch, you know, like that. Um, and we all know the possums don't die they just walk along one but I've got a bloke and I spoke about him actually I'm right outside of his house right now he's two doors down from me and uh, he touched two wires at once which wasn't a good idea two wires at once once and uh, that wasn't a good idea it has melted his brain it's called Mr. Get Ripped I spoke about him another day uh, but he, yeah he used to work on the railroads and now he's got a melted brain um, but anyway um, so there's electromagnetic force so there's all these different forces you know and um, and uh, gravity, you know, and then there's this other one, strong force, you know, the one I'm going to use to open my car door in a minute, and, you know, turn the key off, I've only got the key running, fossil fuels, you know, Greta Thunberg's going to kill me, you know, I've had the car running this whole time so that I've got air conditioning because it's a bit warm today, and, you know, I've been sitting here for a good 20 minutes with the engine running, burning petrol just so I can be cool, that is absolutely shocking, uh, actually I'm going to turn it off, and, because uh, I do feel bad, do you know what I just did, I forgot, hang on, the windows down oh god that's even nicer what did I, oh yeah i'm an idiot and um anyway this is how much we don't care you know and, and and when you're in a lot of trouble 50 years from now you will know who to blame people like me oh that's a downside you can hear trucks and cars and another one it's pretty busy in our street these days population's getting out of hand uh high-rise sort of apartments going up everywhere around us. Uh, we have to bulldoze our house one day and put a high-rise apartment there too, we'll make a fortune. Um, so, because um, we're zoned just right, you know, we might still make a killing in this life. You know. Forget about the environment, I might make a killing. You know. And uh, so, what are we gonna talk about? Oh yeah, and uh, so all these different forces, and that reminded me of the French, French Revolution because we we often say the French Revolution. Look, it's a it's a long bow I'm I'm drawing. You know, it's creaking this bow because it's only a very tenuous link. Ah, but what the hell? I've got the brain switched off and the mouth engaged, so keep going. And um, so I was thinking, ah, oh, you often talk about force, and you really should stipulate what sort of force. You know, and there's four. You know, there's gravity, and there's um, the strong force that I mentioned. You know, the force with which. The, the force you use to turn a door handle to get into your house. Um, yeah. 
or to open a car door or to turn the key to turn your engine off because you're burning too many fossil fuels. So there's a strong force. So there's gravity, that's one sort of force. Um, it's a very special kind of force because it's not quantized. I'll just leave that right alone, you know. But all the other three, the um, electromagnetic force and, um, and um, that other one I just mentioned, what did I say? Electromagnetic and um, the strong force, even that one, yeah. It's about interactions between molecules and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, and when you get down to atomic levels, you took quantum, you know. Where, where things are sort of uh, quantized just means um, there's little packets of things going on. Look, let's not just get into it. Let's get, not get into that. Um, whereas um, gravity is fluid like honey, you know. It's a fluid force, you know, so to speak. You know, in my head, that's how I put it anyway or think about it. Anyway, so you've got gravity, all these different types of force, you know, and you've got um, electromagnetic mag magnetic force and you've got um, the other one I keep forgetting, strong force. And then you've got this other one that's really deep in the atom called a weak nuclear force. And that's the one that's responsible for the natural decay, decay of... Um, of atoms, you know? um, the force that causes atoms just to decay—it does happen. You know, the nuclei in atoms do decay. You know, uranium just spontaneously starts breaking down. Spontaneously? Well, we don't use the word. And there's nothing spontaneous in this world. If we see something happening, happening spontaneous, we have to—we sort of say, "Well, something's caused it," you know, and we start theorizing as to what that is, and that's physics. And if the theory sticks for long enough, we'll say that's good enough. We'll call it a law. But, you know, in physics, laws are only laws for as long as they work, just like in politics, you know. You know it is the law that we do not have the death penalty in Australia, you know, but that could change, you know. Um, and the same goes for, you know, whatever laws we've got in physics, you know. They could change, you know. We're not sticking to them like a priest sticks to his Bible, you know. There's no comparison you know, it's not an alternative religion. You know, people accuse physicists of that. You know, oh, you just got an alternative religion. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, with um, with priests with their Bibles, um, they're desperate to be proven right. You know, and if they find something that disproves something in the Bible, they um, they will do they will they get depressed. You know, and upset and refuse to believe it. You know what I mean? Whereas physicists, if they find something that um, breaks a law. Right, if a priest um, finds some evidence in the universe that breaks a law, you know, that is written down in the Bible, they'll twist that evidence to make it fit with the Bible, you know, because um, uh, the law is the law, all right? So there's no comparison. Whereas physicists, if they see something breaking a law, you know, like Einstein, for example, he saw that, you know, as you get close to the speed of light, um, some of Newton's laws, which were really rock solid at the time, you know, um, and people around Einstein's time, Einstein's time too, um, you know, they saw laws being, you know, um, as as they started to sort of get up to the speed of light in their bra in their minds, you know, and go down to absolute zero temperature and all this sort of stuff. They started to see Newton's laws, which back in Newton's time really seemed fundamental, you know, like they were never going to be broken. And then he said, oh, hang on, Newton's laws do work day to day, you know, as we drive our cars around and open our car doors and go in our front doors like we should be, using strong forces. Um, and Maxwell's laws too, you know, um, which is to do with the electromagnetism, 
Um, yeah, there's all these people doing things. Anyway, um, and Einstein said, oh, hang on. It doesn't work at the speed of light, Newton's laws. But rather than uh, be like a priest, you know, Einstein got excited. The opposite, you know. He wants the laws of his discipline to be broken. Physicists want to be proven wrong. Priests want to be proven right. You know, so when a priest tells you, ah, you know, physics is just an alternative religion, science is just an alternative religion, you know, you get to choose which one you believe more. You know, balderdash, you know, I say. You know, just because of that one, that one reason, you know, um, they're not the same beast uh, because priests want to be proved right and scientists want to be proved wrong. You know? And that's where we had those Hungarian scientists, you know, who found a force recently, apparently, that did not fit with, uh, could not be explained by the four known forces that I just mentioned. You know, the weak, for, the weak nuclear force couldn't be explained by that. The strong force couldn't be explained by that. The electromagnetic force couldn't be explained by that. And the other one, gravity, couldn't be explained by that. And they said, ooh. Now, if those Hungarian scientists were actually priests, they would have said, no, uh, somehow it has to be due to you know, God, you know. Um, but the Hungarian scientists aren't like that, you know, they're scientists. Um, and they, they, rather than get angry that they had found something happening in the universe that didn't make sense according to their law, rather than, you know, start fighting against that, they embraced it and got excited and ran with it and loved it, you know. You know, it's like, it's a, you know, can you imagine, you know, Cyrus the Great, you know, making a law and then someone finding a fault in that law and him getting excited. Yeah, you know, look, Cyrus might have done that because he was actually quite a wise ruler. Um, but, you know, most sort of major dictator types um, aren't like Cyrus and, you know, they, they, they start chopping heads off if their laws are challenged, you know. Physicists aren't like that. If their laws are challenged, they say they invite you around to tea and say, tell me more about what you think, you know, because they love it. Priest, you know, you go up to a priest and say, yeah, actually, I don't think water ever was turned into wine. And the priest says, get out of here, you know, or he blanks you or he says, you know, or he tries to convert you or something, you know, but he won't, he won't hear of it. Okay, so, um, so there were four forces, you know, that we discussed in a previous episode. And, uh, you know, and, and I'd been doing force diagrams, which I've got to get onto at some stage. I probably won't. Yeah, I will. And, uh, and, um, and you know, I've, I've been doing force diagrams and thinking, oh, yeah, all well, this force and that force and the other force, as if they're all the same thing, but they're all different things, you know. And that got me, you know, and that reminded me of the French Revolution, which was around about the time of the independence, war of independence in, in America, which caused Australia, you know and cause uh, Thanksgiving and cause Black Friday, which has reached our shores now and is up and down the street in shops, but I haven't noticed that my goddaughter has, and it's irritating her, that yet another Americanism is coming in here. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, the, the Independence Day, um, I actually lost that train of thought then. Do you know I only had three hours sleep last night, so if I, if I can't string this all together like Billy Connolly can, you know how he brings it back at the end? <laughs> I can't do that today. I haven't had enough sleep. Uh, 
but I feel fresh, you know, uh, because I tipped myself out of bed. You know, I, I, effectively what I did is reached back into my uh, my training back at boarding school, and whereas you know there were other boys to tip me out of bed and land me on the hard floor, you know, as I get across that quadrangle and have a shower, you little, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, is it true that that gave me a certain amount of power? to do that for myself when I got older. So what did I do this morning? I probably tipped my own bed up. Yeah, That's a little bit like that Dr. Seuss thing you know, where you lift yourself up by your own pants and carry yourself. You actually get off the ground because you can lift yourself. I sort of did that this morning. I gave myself a little lift. I was really tired, three hours sleep only, and I do have that power. I really do. You know, I'm not a sook. You know? And, um, right, talk yourself into, you're, you're off and running, you know? Um, and I have porridge every, every morning too. Um, the reason I have, and, and, and I did, I, 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 you know, in my mind, I got out of my bed while I was still sleeping. And do you know my grandfather actually had a dream like that just before he died? Um, and he was telling me about it, uh, Brother Bill. And uh, oh, it freaked me out. And he said, I, um, do you know what I did last night? He was telling me the next, you know, in the, when I was over there. He said, this morning I hopped out of bed to make you, make you, make mum, we always called his wife mum even though she's my grandmother, to make mum a cup of tea and because uh, every morning he'd make her a cup of tea. He's a good man and uh, she'd stay in bed for a cup of tea and, uh, and then she'd make sure he went off to work. He tried to retire. No, he didn't. He, he, he spoke of retiring when he got to about 85 and she said, forget it, keep going to work. Not because she wanted more money, you know, although he was very successful. Um, not because she wanted more money, but she didn't want him home. You know? She liked her cup of tea in the morning, but the idea of having him home all day, you know, no way. She had a little, she, she liked her tranquility, shall we put it that way, during the day. And I'll see you later, dear, <laughs> when you get home. But you just go off and do some work and, you know. Um, anyway, so he said, I hopped out of bed and um, went and made your, I went and made mum a cup of tea. And uh, I looked back at the bed and I was still in there I went doo, 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 doo. whoa <laughs> but I'm not superstitious so I'm not linking that to the, his eventual death which happened about three years later you know um, yeah. um, you can do that you know this is physics oh I think that's a, a V6 with um, Falcon with uh, and and he's and he's um, got a nail out and a hammer and he's put um, and he's put holes in the muffler to make it sound a bit like a V8 that car that just went past. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I didn't have much sleep last night, so I don't know what I'm up to. Um, uh, how on earth did I get onto that? No, no idea. Independence Day, so I know what I'm talking about, roughly, you know. Um, oh, yeah, my power, you know. Yes, so my childhood, you know, a bit of a Spartan kind of upbringing with the brothers. Oh, did I mention the liberal arts a while ago? We were kind of into that. That's That was my education, you know. And, uh, you know, the old type, you know, before the curriculum changed and everyone. You know, we had 30-something boys in a room, you know, in our dorm. Um, and I went back to my school years later when my nephew was there. And I said, oh, I'll just go and check out the dorms. And he took me to his dorm and I said, what the hell? They all had little, like, motel apartments. Two boys to each room with bunks. And I said, what the f- is going on here? I said, how do you... And they were, they were big bunks, 
you know, sort of um, moulded and bolted into the wall. And I thought to myself, how do you bully a kid? How do you tip them out of the bed when it's a bunk? Like, I'm, I'm talking like I've got for my daughter, you know, like my wife and I have got for my daughter. It's a fully contained, you know, a desk to study on. I just had this little, um, I just had this little uh, sort of little cupboard to put my belongings in next to my, you know, tiny little sort of um, cupboard and drawer arrangement, a dresser, a drawer, you know, a drawer next to my bed and a kind of Spartan bed with hard wire springs and uh, the boys could pick it up. And how do you bully a kid when he's got his own apartment? You know? And what's more, uh, they didn't have to shower in the football sort of change rooms like we had to, you know, because we used to shower. We had no showers in our dorms. You went, you know, like we played footy. So, you know, after footy training, you go and have a shower, you know, in the, in the change rooms. Well, they doubled as our normal showers, you know, that sort of thing. Anyway, look, um, I tipped myself out of bed this morning, and that's why I feel so fresh. And with only three hours sleep, this is why I'm making so much sense with this episode, you know? Because this episode is hanging together beautifully. You know, it's logically laid out, it's structured, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so England was sending the convicts across to, uh, I think it was Maryland and Virginia mainly, and uh, suddenly Independence Day. And, um, you know, like, oh, wow, that wasn't suddenly. There was a whole war of, American War of Revolution. And, you know, that didn't even start out as, you know, the Americans wanting to be not British, you know, because the early American revolutionary flags, you know, what you might call the almost the, they weren't independence flags at the start. It was the Union Jack still, but made a different way. You know, a little bit like Australia's got a Union Jack in its flag. In the early sort of portions of the American Civil uh, the American Civil War, the um, American War of Independence, um, uh, their first flags were had a, had a Union Jack in them. So they were still, you know, um, still thinking of themselves as, you know, sort of arm's length British. Um, but then, it, you know, these things get a life of their own, these wars. They don't start off as a war of independence, you know. Someone doesn't announce, we must have a war of independence, you know, because, you know, um, England's trying to tax us too much, you know. We'll tip all the tea in the sea, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, right, our goal, you know, everyone gets around the table, Lafayette and... Oh, crikey, that sounded pretty ugly too. Lafayette and uh, Washington and uh, Hamilton. I know about Hamilton a bit more now because of that musical in rap. Um, and they all get around the, t- the table and Jefferson, you know, and all these guys. Um, and they say, we must find our independence from England. They don't do that. They start by thinking they're still part English sort of thing. And the idea to become independent sort of develops as you go along. You know, it's a work in progress. That's the way it really worked. But anyway, it all culminated, 1776, that America did break break away and got a completely different flag with no Union Jack on it. You know, Mad King George was, you know, on the other side now. And suddenly England were left stranded. So, oh, Scheisenhausen. But they didn't say that because they weren't German. And um, we can't send our convicts, for example, we can't send our convicts over there. And we can't get any taxes from there either. And the French are getting strong. They've, they've had this French Revolution. They're all in a, always in a warring mood, you know, those French, you know. And um, 
and, and, and there's been a baby born over there you know, called Napoleon and I, you know I, I visited him a little bit like uh, the wise men visited Jesus in the stable and he's got that look in his eyes that he might do something big one day you know the wise men could see that straight at the start with Jesus well there was you know this English um, envoy went across to um, uh, it wasn't Corfu uh, Corfu where, where was um, Napoleon born? I know it really well and I've just forgotten because I'm on a stream of consciousness. And um, Napoleon, come on, Charlie. You know where he was born. Doesn't matter. I know he ended up in St. Helena. And you know we've got a St. Helena in um, Aust- um, Australia, in Melbourne, uh, one of our suburbs. And it's named after St. Helena because a bloke used to live on St. Helena when Napoleon was there and he came over here to Melbourne. And we've got a whole lot of uh, Napoleon artefacts from you know the last couple of years of his life. Um, and they were all brought here to um, Melbourne. So we've got a little piece of Napoleon here in Melbourne. And, you know, I had a little kind of museum going on, a little museum arrangement. Um, uh, I think it's down in on the peninsula somewhere. Yeah, it is. Mum tried to take me there once. Uh, she's fantastic, my mum. And she, you know, for my own good, she said, come down and you need to see the Napoleon Museum. She told me that years ago. And I never got there. And I got robbed and all the stuff's gone now. You know, even a lock of Napoleon's hair, apparently. Look, I can tie all this together a little bit. Anyway, so, yeah, I was talking about the French Revolution, wasn't I? And I was talking about all the forces, and I made a link. It was a tenuous link. It was a long bow to draw. It was creaking, as I said. And, um, and, um, the French Revolution, yeah, we kind of say, the French Revolution, as if it's a single thing. It's a thing. You know, that they do that in social media. Did I mention that? Yes, I did. In recent relation to Black Friday but um, what happened was the French Revolution was actually a series of revolutions and the current you know there's not just one French Revolution there's different ones and they're all very different and just like there are all different forces I told you it was a long boat it wasn't even worth mentioning you know but um, yeah but getting back to my goddaughter Black Friday and all that sort of stuff um, yes, it's come to our shores, apparently. I haven't seen any evidence of it at all. Uh, her mentioning it this morning was the first I'd heard of it. Uh, so I will be on the lookout to see evidence of Black Friday. Whatever that is, it's something to do with Thanksgiving, and I don't know what, and it's something to do with shopping. I really don't know what. She hasn't told me yet, you know. She just got, she just gave me this um, annoyed text, you know. Um, that we, She mentioned the word sheep. She said, Australians are such sheep. You know, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, um, Halloween, you know, and all that. All right, look, I'm just going to wrap this up because I just looked at my phone. And it's on 59 minutes and 19 seconds, 20 seconds, and that's a stream of consciousness that's gone too far. Um, whatever I was going to talk about, look, I was probably going to talk about Independence Day. Um, you know, causing England to panic, and then say, looking around, say, what are we going to do now? And they say, oh, we're going to have to find another place to put our convicts and you know that's and they came to Australia and that's how Australia started so Independence Day started Australia Day you know what I mean um, 1776 caused 1778 all that sort of thing you know so in a sense we should be sort of celebrating Independence Day and um, that'll do 58 59 And I tested it and I tested it at 4am and uh, it bugged. And I actually started to feel a little bit stressed, you know, which is unusual for me, but, um, and, and my wife actually sort of soothed me and calmed me down and she said, you'll be all right, just 
do this, do that, do that, you know, and, and that's what I did. So she was good this morning. And, and I actually, as I sort of rushed past her, taking you to school, um, I said, thank you. Yeah. Sometimes you need that, you know. Settle down, sporty, you know. Just a little thing, you know. And then I, I you know, texted um, texted back and said, "Can you? I'll be, I'll be back soon. <laughs> so, yeah, that can be very depressing, that sort of stuff. You know, you work all night. And it doesn't work, you know. You're expecting everything to work, and you went live, you know. Not a good idea. Anyway, what are you going to do? I haven't got time for test environments and all that sort of stuff. You know, I haven't got the money. I haven't got the time. You just wing it in real life. You know, when you're going for jobs, you know, you talk about, you know, all the steps, you know, that you're going to go through. You know, initiation, and planning, and control, and have risk management strategies in place, and. Applications, implementations, processes, you know, execution and closing and do everything right. Um, version control. You know what you do? You just code live in the middle of the night. That's exactly what you do. That's what most people do. You know. uh, the, the security in the, in the world of software is still wide open, I reckon. Um, okay, now, um, how's that, you know? Are you, are you planning to hire me? <laughs> Glad I didn't put my real name up there. People will be hearing this. Uh, I'll, I'll wing that as well, you know. Um, and what else was I talking about? Oh, um, I, I, it did occur to me through that episode because I, I, I'm, I talked about slavery, you know, and how that emanated out of Europe. You know, primarily the, the version of slavery, anti-slavery, sorry, the version of anti-slavery, well, slavery, well, it didn't emanate out of Europe. Slavery goes back a long time. Um, Every every continent, you know, just about. Don't know about the indigenous people, but um, now slavery is very old. You know? But the whole, you know, the anti-slavery sort of movement we know now, which is, you know, taken root across the world, depending on what version of slavery you adhere to, um, you know, it did emanate out of Europe. Our our version of anti-slavery. But even as I was saying that at the time, you don't know how the human mind is working. You know, I'm chatting. That episode before, which was a stream of consciousness, you know, and absolutely disjointed and all that sort of thing. But, um, and then did you notice I started talking about Cyrus the Great about 15, 20 minutes later, you know, after I'd made that comment? You know, I just talked about, you know, ah, no, you know, uh, Wilberforce and bloody John Wesley and everything, you know, coming up with these ideas of anti-slavery. And then, you know, casually, not too long after that, because the mind actually, um, well, even while you've got your mind, your conscious mind turned off, your your semi-subconscious mind is still working away in the background, humming away, and you're not even really conscious of that one. And and I had Cyrus the Great in my mind, because he he was a fairly anti-slaverish type of guy, you know, back in his time, in his way, but in a very different way, um, the anti-slavery that uh, the Europeans and the English and all that sort of thing, um, I always separate them as the English aren't Europeans. And you know what? They know it. That's why there's Brexit. Um, yeah, there was a big push. You know, it wasn't there for England to be part of Europe, you know, the EU and all that sort of stuff. But it just never sticks, you know. The English still want to be English. Yeah. Um, you, can't, you just can't get it. That channel is wider than it looks. Anyway... So, but it's interesting how the human mind works, you know. And then I, and then I was talking about something else completely different, and uh, and I used Cyrus the Great as an example. And I actually know why that is, you know, because why would I choose him? You know, out of all the hundreds of thousands of 
um, examples I could have used from history for whatever I was talking about at that moment in time, it's because he was playing on my mind. Because, you know, I was making these wild claims about um, anti-slavery having sort of emanated out of Europe and England. And, you know, he was niggling away in the background there, saying, hey, don't forget this, you know, don't forget me. Yeah, I, I, I did a little something about that, you know. Not sure it was the same sort of thing, but, you know, it was pretty significant what he was doing. The Jews were very happy about it. You know, he's a messiah, Cyrus the Great. You know, one of only two.